Welcome to V'ger, please, which has now become once again a hateful voyage through <laughs> some fucking bullshit. My name is Joseph. I'm Peter. Man, I want everyone to know that before I hit the record button on this, Peter had the audacity to, like, look at me through our webcam connection and say, uh, engage. And I, uh, wanted to hit him, but I can't because this it, is the internet. What was it? any less of a disappointment watching me do it than it was watching Picard do it. It was the least disappointing, disappointing moment of watching this episode. And that is fucking saying something all on its own. Let's jump right to it because I have all of the things to say. What we watched this week, Peter, we watched season one, episode three of Picard, which is end is the beginning. Before we start, I want to discuss a concept that, uh, has struck me because part of the show plot, a big part, you know, it's taken us three fucking episodes to get here is for Picard to find transport off world. And if there's one thing that I would not have said about the life in the 24th century, it's getting off of earth is a difficult task. And yet it's, I think it's only difficult because he's trying to get off world without anyone knowing. Like, there's a clandestine element to it. You know, like, he's not trying to book passage on a actual ship or, like, travel legitimately. He's trying to, like, do dirt. So. I suppose they did say specifically they needed an unlicensed or Unre- unregistered. Uh, they needed a Millennium Falcon, which, if you're... Oh, we'll market- fucking get there. <laughs> oh, just, so- just everything. Everything about this episode. I Okay, here's the fucking truth. Here's the fucking juice. All right. You ready? You ready? You ready, listeners? We're I almost can't do this anymore. That's how fucking bad this is. I looked Peter in the eye and I said, if they, if it if it gets even an iota worse than it is now, we're going back to Voyager and I'm flushing this down this whole project down the toilet. It Excuse is me. I need to get fucking, a bingo form. Yeah, it is fucking painful. It is painful to watch this goddamn show. I yelled at the screen while watching this in abject horror of what I was watching. This was one of the worst television shows I've ever seen. Uh, It had some of the worst writing that I've ever seen put to page. It had some of the worst acting I have ever seen on screen. I hated it with every ounce of my being. And I would rather watch Concerning Flight. I would rather watch the 37s. Dude. I would would rather watch the absolute worst of Voyager a thousand times than watch this shit again. I... I would have I would have shit hot knives if you told me I could have had Chakotay instead of Raffi in this episode. Oh, absolutely. I'd, shit hot knives for that. Okay, we've got <laughs> what one you pointing to, Peter? I can't the see Star it. Trek uh, Picard bingo card that Darius made up. Uh, they regret not watching Voyager instead. Um, yeah, yeah. We're there. We're there. You did it, buddy. We're there. I want to like this series, and I don't know what the fuck happened in the production or what, how we've arrived here, but it's 
Patrick Stewart, who is a great actor, trying to act with garden gnomes and crackhead. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. After the fucking grandma from Craft Services Admiral last week, I couldn't. Th- I just thought, oh, that's the bottom, right? Like that couldn't get any worse. And then we find out like some of the main characters of the show are manifestly worse. And we're going to have to be stuck with these fucks for the rest of the goddamn show. That's what broke me was like, oh, no, no, this is just the beginning. We're going to see these guys every fucking week. This is the beginning. They're, of the they're, this this is this is the this is what they this is this what the fuck what the fuck i want you to say uh whether or not you agree with the following statement uh john luke picard is going to die in this season for good i don't, i hope he does this would be a fucking mercy killing we're like taking all we yeller out back and shoot him in the head oh, he's I got rabies that fucking get rid of him patrick stewart as executive producer jump started a new franchise He's getting that executive production money. He's putting his own time in to get this thing up off the ground. And then at the end, he is going to die, as been foretold. And the end of uh, Picard's journey will will dawn on this series. And then he will be able to step back and hand over the, the reins, the on-screen airtime to other people to continue into four, five, six seasons where he does not have to be on screen anymore, can sit back and collect a paycheck. That's my prediction. And if these are the people that he is handing the show over to, with the exception of, uh, what's her name? Allison Pill? Correct. I like her. I love the Romulan Tal Shiar. And that's that's Couple. singular. Yes. Tal Shiar. Not the Tal Tal Shiar Shiar. Or, uh, you know, I really also, what's a Jat Vosh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to again. I really like the idea of Section 32, but since the Jat Vosh are just that cool and that secret and that much better, I think they'd have to be Section 62 because it's it's double as good it's, as Section 31. <laughs> I, I like you know Romulan what? Very Special Forces. I thought that was great. Uh, I I think Foul Shart uh, was a great entry. But Tal Tal Shiar Shiar was the one that we came up with in the moment. And I, I think we should stick with that. It's ridiculous and that. it rolls off the tongue and it's redundant and silly. And I think that's uh that that fits the mission statement. Uh, I want to like the, the series. I'm trying. I'm willing to stick it out. It hurts more to watch bad Picard than it does to watch bad Voyager because I didn't come into Voyager with an emotional attachment. And that gave me a liberty to say I'm expecting the worst. And then I get some really great Voyager episodes. And I'm like, Hey, this is, this is turning out pretty good, but this is just like, they're rubbing my face with a cheese grater. Like it's backyard wrestling, man. This is, it's hard. How fucking, how fucking dare you? Like if I'm not speaking to you, obviously I'm talking to the producers of this shit show. How fucking dare you? Like that's, that's all I can think of. Like that's this very, is, this is what you, services of you. Admiral. It, this Grimm, is a fucking yeah. odd Call me Admiral Grandma, because how fucking dare you? Like, the audacity to create such garbage and slap a hollowed name like Picard on it and trot Patrick Stewart out there to ta- to, to to act against pieces of fucking plywood that Robert Beltran on his worst fucking day is better than. on his. I cannot think of a single episode where Chakotay is worse than the fucking characters we saw this week. Not one. Wait, he can go visit the fucking New Jersey tree people aliens 
all goddamn day. <laughs> and he acts circles around these people. What if that That's ends- where we're at? What if that ends up being uh, episode four of Picard? It's just Chakotay back with the New Jersey sky people. I'll be brilliant. I'd be and all like, about it. Like, what the hell oh. was that? And and everybody else at home is like, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Um, we pick up this episode with another flashback to 14 years prior on First Contact Day. We get a quick uh, recap of the synth uprising. And it's not even a synth uprising. The Sith disaster uh, of Space 9-11 on Mars. But then we cut back to Starfleet Command and we see Picard walking out of a building in a uh, another entry into the strong traditional of uh, the strong tradition of god awful admiral uniforms. <laughs> but ugly fucking uniforms. They've never been able to produce a single admiral uniform ever that did not look like dog shit. There's no common language in the, the design. And in that they really nailed this piece. They've got them in incorrect admiral ross's uniform from ds9 is just the first contact uniform with a nice belt they nailed it you just haven't seen it (laughs) so if i'm to take this scene correct it is first contact day space 911 has happened and the two characters we get treated to in this scene which is picard and then who we will find out to be raffi which is the uh the desert dwelling drug farmer i guess that we we got introduced to at the end of episode two she's now in an operations gold suit um lieutenant commander rank from what's on her on her collar and neither of them seem anything close to what someone should look like in the wake of a space 9-11 i thought that their focus on what just happened in front of the admiralty is in no way overshadowed by any sort of emotional trauma or or showings of Greece that a major catastrophe has just happened that resulted in one of the Earth solar system planets being permanently on fire. There there appears to be no real concern for what happened, uh, but I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, anything I could have possibly felt about that scene or anything I could have possibly wondered about that scene uh, was immediately desiccated and rent to ashes uh, by one important point, And that is whoever the, okay, I looked it up. There Michelle were actors that played, that played Raffi, apparently a lady by the name of Michelle Hurd. Uh, Miss Hurd, if you ever hear this podcast for whatever reason, let me be, let me be clear. Get fucking acting lessons. You are the worst actor I have ever seen on a TV show. Every every line out of your mouth in this show is hot, hot, hot garbage. And I don't know if you just you just never learned how to act. I don't know what you did. Did you wander in from the street? Just like all of a sudden, were you hiking? at Vasquez Rocks and accidentally got cast. I don't know the answer to this, but you're fucking awful. And I will have to watch Robert Beltran and, and, 
and fucking Garrett, uh, Wang. Garrett Wang every goddamn week. And I would I would I lust for them for watching uh, Ethan Phillips cavort around in nasty hobbit feet compared to having to watch you. You are god awful. I don't disagree at all. Uh, I looked at her IMDb entry and I saw that she was in uh, Daredevil. She was like um, police captain or some shadowy government thing that uh, was looking to benefit off of Frank Castle's murders and crime land. I think she does all right as like a corrupt modern day politician, but as a space grunt or whatever she was trying to go for in these scenes, it just did not land at all. And not only was her acting terrible, her fucking dialogue was even worse. She starts yeah, calling him yeah. like oh. JL. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? It, I, what? JL, what? I smell the tell she are. The whole time, I really felt like she was acting like a crackhead. Like real erratic body gestures and movements. So, so basically, this is the scene where Picard has gone in front of, of, you know, Starfleet Command in the wake of all of these ships meant to remove the Romulans from the Beta Quadrant. And he's like, hey, listen, we got a major tragedy, but these people are going to die. We've committed to help. Here is my team's plan of how we get these people out of here. We got to pull and reserve people. We got mothballed ships. We can still pull this thing off. They say no. As you alluded to before, uh, he says, listen, either you accept my uh, my backup plan for how we're still going to do this, or you accept my letter of resignation. They say, psych, we take your letter of resignation. Peace out, John Luke. Uh, and he has walked out to talk to what is essentially his new right hand, this Raffi person, and uh, lay the news on her that all is not well. And whatever, whatever importance the scene should have is just like you said, completely buried under the avalanche of awful that she represents on screen. Um, and, and 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 I feel like. I mean, she is, I bar none, this is no exaggeration, the worst actor I've ever seen in Star Trek. Uh, no, no doubt I'll never talk shit about Garrett Wang ever again. Like, million times better at his worst. But also, the setup doesn't make any sense, because what this leads into is somehow, A, that these two are intimate enough that she's calling them JL, and they, like, seem to be buddies. And this is someone we've never fucking seen before. And... On top of that, I think this happens maybe just a matter of a few years after Nemesis. So they could not have possibly known each other very long. So that, that makes no sense. And then uh, this is all to say that apparently Graffy gets fired for what, doing her job? I, her, like for wanting to help the Romulans? Yeah, they don't fucking explain why like she gets bounced out of the Starfleet. Like she didn't do anything. She's like uh, uh unconventional bad boy of the Tom Paris variety. Only, you know, Tom was blessed with a good actor uh, and that probably Picard had sheltered her from protocol and the wrath similar to a Ensign Rowe, a Rowe a Ro Laren situation, which, again, why isn't this Rowe Laren I'm seeing right now? <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of Rowe Laren. You know what I always really liked about, like, Rolaren on Star Trek with Picard? They gave off that subtle fuck vibe. 
get you know what I mean? Like she he's he seemed interested in her and she seemed interested in him and they never took it anywhere until like the very last episode where they kind of had that scene where they get real breathy with each other and talking to each other's ear and have to act like they're hitting on each other to like sell the story and they're really good at it like it, they never explicitly do anything with that but like they're such good actors they were able to like, give that off just in their performance i guess that's part that's- of my disappointment in all of this too is that we've seen picard before with difficult or very liberal um, other characters and how he interacts and always kind of like holds to a certain level of self-respect and decorum. And you don't really see that at all in this new Picard. And I almost I feel like sometimes like Patrick Stewart has forgotten how to play Picard or if he is playing intentionally playing a Picard who is intentionally very different and very, I don't want to say submissive, but willing to no. put up with a lot of shit. I would say submissive is right. He does not have commit. He is not expressed except in one scene when he's like resolved to like solve this mystery exerted anything that I would call command authority, you know, like the, the traditional Jean-Luc Picard command authority that made him such a, yeah, that made him the respected figure that he was. And I think like, he just feels like a doddering old man. And I don't know if that's like a specific performance thing, or like you said, it's just been so long since he played the character. He just doesn't know how to like t- get into that gear anymore. Or maybe since he's the boss now, this is the way he wants to play him. And there's no one there to tell right. him to play it differently. Out of curiosity, what happened to um, Rick Berman? Where's he at? What's he saying about all this? I don't fucking know. I'd be, I don't fucking know. I'd be very curious what his takes are kind of in the uh, George Lucas vibe of of watching the new Star Trek Wars. Uh, so anyways... We assume that Raffi was being sheltered somehow I guess. by Admiral Picard. Would have been cool if they'd ever mentioned it, but they just fucking don't. They just don't they don't they don't tell you why this is. I don't happens. need it. I don't it care. just fucking does. She gets fired. I don't need Whatever. it. I don't care about her. There's so many other things we've glazed over that her problems are the least of my concern. Whatever. She's not happy with him because he made a power play that didn't work out. He got surprised and somehow she got swept away in the process. So we jump forward in time. To as we are treated by uh, by by some uh, subtitling on the screen to the actual Vasquez Vasquez rocks. These are the actual Gorn rocks. There is no cheeky wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like this is how desperate we are to be Star Trek. We are at the the holy grail of Star Trek right now. So. It is maybe the only clever thing this episode does. You and I have obviously joked endlessly about every planet looking like Southern California, Gorn Rocks. It's like classic location. And the fact that they're there, as we would say, they're there in character, you know, yeah, is is funny. I got a chuckle after seeing that on the bottom of the screen. Like, oh, it's just actually Vasquez Rocks. Neat. And then we get treated to even more terrible acting from Michelle Hurd. Like, I will never also talk shit about uh, uh, the lady that plays Michael Burnham ever again. This has actually made me appreciate Discovery. I do. I was going to say the same thing. Like, how there's a lot to unpack in this episode when when Discovery season two starts looking better by comparison to fucking Picard. And here's what's killing me about straight up uh, about this. This herd lady. I watch a lot of Netflix. I've seen a lot of Netflix originals. Okay. I I am familiar with 
internet broadcast media. It's not bad. It's really good. And in some cases, it's even better than HBO. Okay. There's some fucking amazing fringe TV out there. And when you take something that's like a best foot forward attempt by CBS, and you've got people like this in these rules, like roles, what the fuck are they thinking? Like, yes. Yeah. How is this the best you could fucking do? How is this the best you could do? I mean, you don't tell me money was some object to getting a better actor than this. Come on. So come the fuck on. As if the uh, poor acting isn't enough here, because again, we're back at Gorn Rocks in her mobile home. We get treated to back to back cringes here. One uh, vaping. <laughs> and two, uh, you know, they, we slipped in a dude in the first episode and it's like, OK, Sure, dude can still be running. If you're, if you're gonna have an admiral, if you're gonna have Admiral Grandma drop a f bomb, a college student saying "dude, fine by me," but when she takes a hit of her her fucking vape pin, and then you mean says, her mouth fedora, her, her mouth, mouth fedora, her and mouth fedora tells Picard, uh, "Pro tip." Ah, oh, God, I, 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 I yelled at my screen while that happened. Like, you mean to tell me? That this can't acting broad Commander Mouth Fedora is going is is puffing away on her on her bobulator while <laughs> telling Jean Luc Picard who uh, she calls JL. JL like she fucking knows the guy someone we've j- never met like Will Riker didn't call Jean Luc Picard JL he Gosh, wouldn't fucking didn't call. Jean-Luc JL. Q didn't call. (laughs) No one, they wouldn't fucking dare. But no, she's just so cool. She can just call him JL. She's just so rad with her fucking mouth fedora. uh, Say pro tip. and, And then like, okay, now let's transition from this just being bad acting to being really bad at being Star Trek. Apparently there's poverty and class distinctions in the 24th century. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That just contradicts everything what we've ever known about Star Trek from the very beginning of the original series until now. Uh, what the uh, what the actual fuck are they doing? So to clarify what you're complaining about, because this I paused and, and facepalmed when they did this. She starts uh, unloading on Picard laying out her sob story and attacking him for his past decisions. She confronts him about uh, how poorly his interview went with Federation News Network. And then she starts getting into, oh, I saw you leaning back in your big, beautiful leather chair with those oaken beam banisters and your your magical, beautiful mansion. And I'm out here in the fucking desert uh, in my mobile home doing drugs and I'd love to bring you in and show you around, but it's just be humiliating. I'm like, where, where is this classist bullshit coming from? There's no money. There's been how many fucking episodes of Star Trek? And and I'm not, this isn't uh, not my Star Trek. Like, this is core to the TV show, to the, the entire concept of Star Trek is that humanity has advanced to a point where there is no money. And you can say, uh, you know, space communism, whatever, but categorically there is no money everybody's on equal footing nobody is goes hungry life is okay to to good 
And that's not working here at all. She's like, I'm poor Section 8 housing and and fuck you for being rich, basically. The entire concept of 24th century living is that we are in a post-scarcity society. We can literally create things from nothing. There are constant reminders of the fact that there are there is no poverty, there is no class distinctions. There are there is none of the socioeconomic division anymore anywhere within human society at all. Over the original series, over TNG, it's like I think even like in Enterprise they've already dealt with that. These things don't exist. And then suddenly we're supposed to buy out of fucking nowhere that there are class distinctions. There is wealth. There is poverty. I mean, later on, they talk about how much they had to pay to hire a uh, fucking dollar and store Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I'm like, did hold on. Um, did you just never watch any Star Trek ever? Isn't the whole beginning of the plot of Star Trek IV their bewilderment with the idea of getting money for themselves to be able to get the fucking whales home? Isn't the entire plot of the Neutral Zone, the season one finale of TNG, like a stockbroker, like in wonder at the idea of a moneyless society? And isn't like, didn't Picard give a speech to Lily Sloan and Star Trek First Contact about how humanity doesn't have like money or anything like this anymore? Hasn't this come up so many times that anybody that's ever watched an appreciable amount of Star Trek would fucking know this? Oh yeah, that did happen. Except I guess none of those people are writing this fucking television show. Yeah, even I do. Even even my wife knows. She just came over to let me know that she knows that. She's barely watched any Star Trek. Have you ever watched um, The League? On yes, FX? I watched the first couple seasons, yeah. So so you know the brother-in-law, Raffi, right? Yes. I would rather have him in here than her. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. That guy in character, like, pressing cocaine into toilet seats. I... <laughs> So she starts unloading all of her emotional baggage and he's real kind of like so bad. Yeah. Like I, I laughed at her. Oh, I'll never, I won't do that again. I will never join you. Like they got some fucking history. Like they fucking know each other and she's got all this emotional weight and she can't convey that in an authentic way. Because again, I can't say this enough. Michelle Hurd is the worst actress I've ever seen on a television show. Bar none, period. No arguments for me, man. Uh, they end that scene with him trying to find a way to convince her to. I, I, I don't know, act less bad, <laughs> but it's it's going to be impossible. She's she's fucking terrible. My next note is that Hugh has beautiful hair. Yeah, well, I will say uh, that Hugh looks good, man. Like time has dealt a, a firm uh, hand to Jonathan DeMarco to that. He looks he looks sharp in this episode. We do get introduced to Q. He, uh, we see him for the first time on the Borg Cube. He appears to be the executive director of the Borg Reclamation Project. Uh, there is no explanation as to how he has arrived at this point in his life, but he's had a lot of life to lead. You, I'm sure at some point they'll sketch that out. But 
Uh, he, for some reason, decides that uh, Soji Tabuchi or whoever the fuck uh, uh, the other android lady is. I thought Dodge uh, was a terrible name only until I was introduced to the name Soji. The last time we saw Hugh was uh, with the renegade board camp that Lore had co-opted. I, whatever becomes of those guys, do they just kind of get back together, get to ship and, and shuffle off? Or it's never I don't know how clear it was at the end of that episode. I guess I should have watched again. But yeah, like you said, he has somehow become a position of authority in this Romulan power structure i flirted with the idea uh after it was brought up by one of our listeners nate if it was possible that they were playing timeline games similar to westworld and that there was any chance in hell that the borg reclamation cube was also previous events unfolding and maybe some sort of disaster or mishandling of romulan Uh, strip mining of Borg materials could have created a situation where the galactic community would have come to hate the Romulans to the point where they'd be okay just to let that supernova wipe them all out. But unfortunately, at this point, I think there's been enough conversations specifically about the reports of Dodge dying that uh, we have no choice but to believe that this is all one um, tight timeline. He, like you said, uh, Hughes taken interest in Soji. And he is giving her special access to uh, a psych ward with the only assimilated Romulans known of. Yeah, so the backstory they eventually provide is that these Romulans were the last uh, people that this cube encountered while it was operational. Uh, It was a scout ship. And it was assimilated, and then whatever happened that caused the cube to go into neural collapse occurred shortly thereafter. Um, So everything that happens with Soji in this episode is stupid. Um, I don't know how else to put it. She has, like, a whole bunch of knowledge about this uh, leader, philosophical leader of the Romulans that were encountered and subsequently assimilated that she shouldn't including that piece of information about you know how this ship was encountered and how it is that they were assimilated in the first place Uh, she later claims that she doesn't know why she knows it but unfortunately the actress is extremely bad at conveying any kind of horror at this whatsoever she's too busy getting sexed up by the uh, sexy romulan i will say though that the the Romulans, uh, we got a little like actual in character uh, explanation for why Romulans look different. Like this is a different part of Romulus. You look a little different. Apparently Romulans from the north have like more pronounced, the more pronounced head stuff going on. More face muscles. Yeah. OK, yeah. I, I was that that was that was good. I did like that. There is a scene in there where if I had to pick a thumbnail for this episode, it would be how fucking absurd Vulcans look in sunglasses. <laughs> it's like the stupidest f- if it wasn't for Rafi, i would say that that is the stupidest fucking thing i saw in this okay, entire hold on episode. let's look 
let's let's rank let's rank the stupid things that happen in this episode. Can we rank them? Let's rank them now before we go through them all, right? Stupid thing number one, everything to do with Raffi, right? We all know that's the stupidest. I think stupid thing number two is actually discount a uh, fucking Han Solo uh apparently being just the 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 galaxy's edgiest edgelord splashing fucking alcohol in his wound before his emh takes the fucking metal out and he's reading a book about how absurd life is and like his whole backstory is just like how like nothing matters and everyone just gets killed being heroic and he's just like the perfect trope of the edgy edgelord if then it's then after that, it's the Commodore that's in charge of Starfleet Intelligence showing up wearing wraparound Ray-Ban sunglasses like the least secret agent of all time to have a talk with some scientists. In her uniform. In her uniform. If you have ever yes. been to a nerd convention, a Dragon Con, a Gen Con, any Star Trek convention at all, you have gone outside and you've seen nerds wearing star trek uniforms wearing sunglasses and it looks stupid at conventions and it looks even worse when they fucking make it like genre with this lady on screen watching this so she uh she pops in with pills character uh doctor what's her name giardi giardi right and says hey listen i know that picard has talked to you and you need to tell me everything and Jardy does. And for whatever reason, dirty Commodore Vulcan double agent, whatever, uh, Telltale Shiar Shiar cooperative doesn't just kill her. And she lets her wander off to go link up with Picard and say, hey, listen, I told them everything I knew because they came to me and talked to you. But whatever. Sunglasses on Vulcans, sunglasses on anybody in Star Trek. Fucking stupid. That That's right up there with vaping and saying pro tip. I said before that we were going to be introduced to the C team in this, right? We can't have the TNG Ooh. cast. We have to introduce the C team. And it's not C as in cheap team. It's the C for cringe team. Yeah, this is the cringe team. This is yeah. this is the cringe team. Um, we do the nut house scene with uh, Soji. And then, yeah, we, we get introduced to Discount Han Solo. Discount Han Solo is what happens if you take Han Solo and Wolverine and they have a love child. And then you take everything that could have been cool about this love child and beam it out into space and it dies. <laughs> but part of it didn't transport out correctly. And, and that leftover is what this guy is. I will admit that by the end, he did seem better than how he had initially started off. But it's a rough start. Uh, Picard is introduced to this guy through Rafi. He steps up onto this guy's ship. We start playing some traditional TNG music. Like we're being awe-inspired as to, wow, look how great this new Millennium Falcon is. It's so clean and beautiful. We are greeted by what we'll find out as an EMH, who is also cringy and annoying. If <sighs> I, I don't know. Man, I don't know what their character direction on that EMH was. If they're like, hey, look how cheeky and fun uh, Robert Picardo's EMH was. Now do that 10 times worse and we, we've, we've got a bingo. Um, and then we find Captain Han Solo sitting there with a piece of hull sticking out of his shoulder, his shirt off. 
No explanation as to why, because it's just to show what a fucking badass he is. He don't need no dermal regenerator, whatever. Just splash him some tequila on it because he's the hardest motherfucker in the Alpha Quadrant. You know, the, like his backstory makes absolutely no fucking sense. Like he apparently was an EXO on a heavy cruiser, but like it doesn't exist because Starfleet took it off the books. Section and, 31. Yeah, it's just. This, my head is full of fuck. Can I make like, a prediction? I, I predict that his captain who died is going to turn out to be Chakotay. Hope I don't know. I bet you. Fuck. That's, that's doesn't ma- does matter? Does it fucking matter at this point? I'm just there's saying. nothing they can. There's there. They have fucked the dog so hard with this that there's nothing they can do for me anyway to make me enjoy it. They can reduce the suffering. They can make it better so that I don't actually turn to you and say, I'm sorry, but no, because I'm almost there. But that as far as like this being good, they clearly are incapable of that. Like full stop. They have already demonstrated they are not. It is not possible for them to produce something that's qualitatively good. This is just the most garbage shit. Like this is these. These are our these are our guys, right? Lady who can't act playing Commander Mouth Fedora. Discount Han Solo and the drummer from Sex Bomb is supposed to bail us out. I guess the cool thing happens next. They have the fight at the Chateau. That was a fucking badass fight. And I that whole that whole scene was fucking tight. I'll 100 percent agreed. I watched it twice. It was neat. So Allison Pill, again, is, is one of the strong acting points in this. Uh, Patrick Stewart, obviously. And then the the clear other two, again, are Hal Shiar operatives who are living with Picard. Uh, they wish him farewell. He's getting ready to beam up. Uh, the guy comes around the corner with, uh, you know, his lunchbox like, oh, you know, have fun in space. I packed you a lunch. Here's some great cheese. It's better than the replicator. And here's an apple. And I'm a clumsy old man. And I dropped the apple. And in the process, uh, didn't get my head blown off. And I went from being a clumsy old man who dropped an apple to killing four people who are highly trained <laughs> Tal Tal Shiar Shiar operatives in a a super badass fight sequence. You can say whatever you want about Picard up to this point, but every fight scene has been dope. Uh, it has not felt like shaky cam born identity. It's just been smooth with great, like John Wick up close personal combat and, and people getting shot. And uh, yeah, I would agree. Like it's not shaky. It's real clean. It's it's shot real clean. So that you're not seeing the fucking uh, uh, labels on the on the discount version of the costumes that the stunt people are wearing like they they do a great job of framing the action that all the choreography is really cool. Like when Laris like takes people out a letter opener at the door and yeah. shit like it's badass. And like, of course, these two shifty Romulans decide to stow phasers in different spots. I was just... about to say two things to know about Picard in the Gold Age. One, not many leadership skills anymore. Two, uh, has a strong predilection for taping guns under tables. I think you know, <laughs> the course of the fight, we find no less than three hidden weapons. Yes, uh, there are there are three gats that have been taped to different surfaces. I I still think that's totally was the Romulans doing that they they're like no nah, we're we're gonna we're gonna strap gats all over this place because we're your bodyguards. 
and we want to have access to our nines. Like, I don't blame well, I'll, him. Bu- I'll buy that. I'll buy Especially that. Especially in the wake of like, man, Picard was just attacked on this parking lot building over at Starfleet yeah. Command, and like nobody seems to know what the fuck's going on here. Time Maybe to find the litter of firearms are in the shed. <laughs> just Wait, go get the duct tape. <laughs> the last one gets shot by uh, Dr. Girardi, who shows up at the end and then is like holding the rifle and is like maybe it it was unstunned <laughs> like and then the, the two romulans are like, no, tell no, tell no. shar shar don't fuck with stun yeah sorry darling there are no romulan disruptors with the stun setting which is a shame because guy. maybe if there were disruptors with stun settings when they initially transported in on dodge and uh attacked her and her boyfriend they could have just stunned both of them instead of trying to put a fucking bag on her head and gotten their asses kicked the end of that fight, one person somehow survives. Uh, Picard, even though he sat there and watched a Romulan spit fucking acid all over Dodge, melt her and blow her up, stands directly in front of the Romulan that they are interrogating, which is a real um, senior moment, I think is the correct term for that. Yes. And right as I'm writing in my notebook to criticize, like, does this guy not have reptile acid spitting features? He does, in fact, have reptile acid spitting features he spits out a mouthful of acid on the guy who does not burn to death because he gets his coat off fast enough and then the romulan dude uh melts and and that's that no real answers oh that they're playing that up against the same scene back at the romulan d borg nut house where we find out that soji is like one of the four horsemen of apocalypse or or some sort of terrible she's the destroyer (laughs) whatever whatever i do like that they were like uh all right let's murder this guy <laughs> like let me cry for murdering let me and, let and me do again. the judo chop and i'll finish him off and they're like oh no no we don't murder people no more we've we've we've, we've given up the murder and it works all of their inner all of their dialogue and interchanges like all of their stuff works great and i don't know if this is different writing departments writing different scenes or what, but everything with these two feels good and, and is fine. And I wish it was them going up onto the Millennium Falcon with Picard instead of the people he ends up fucking surrounding himself with. At some point, we catch back up with uh, what I was going to call Victor Romulenstein, which is the, <laughs> <laughs> the guy from... Uh, it's good. It's good. I like from it. From Penny Dreadful. But his sister has left Earth and gone out to the the Romulan Borg cube to confront and tease and be very twin with her brother with some oh, heavy. Wow. Whatever you said about Picard and Ro Laren earlier applies to these two as well. They're in like some fucking ventilation shaft talking and she's like leaning and talking real close and like dragging her nose across his cheek. So I'm going to retire Victor Romulanstein right now. And from henceforth, he shall be referred to as Victor Lannister. Yeah, I mean, they I, I assume they were going for the the Jamie Cersei vibe on purpose. There's no there's no reason to make it as 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 fucky as they did uh, with that. Uh, but I will I will disagree with you. The cool thing about the fuck vibe that Picard and Rolaren had was that it was subtext and implied and kind of there, but not there, and totally performance-driven, and didn't overwhelm their scenes with each other, but was part of their interactions. 
where this is just I want to lay it on thick that we're fucking nasty. So I'm going to like smell how you smell like you fucked her and be all like breathy and like touching you while I do it. Like the lack of subtlety, which is the difference. Um, But whatever, like I was so checked out at this point. It's fatiguing. Like, oh, of course. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. These two are fucky with each other, too. That's that's a layer I don't fucking care about. But it's a one two the- punch and that these are lame stories were being told. And in Rafi's case specifically, they're being delivered by the worst messengers possible. It is it is a two front war we are fighting here. I want to care about this. I want to like it. I'm not hating it just because it's different or, you know, it's not next gen. It's just. I mean, for- we, we came we came into this wanting to like it. We liked the first episode. Yeah. We were like, oh, shit, that was pretty good. I'm, I'm hype. I want to see more. I want to know more. You have my attention and my interest. What a neat idea. And I don't also like want to bang on, on Michelle Hurd too bad because this is this was a team effort. Uh, the guy who plays discount Han Solo um, was just the most tropey guy. Uh, the lady playing uh, Soji didn't deliver any urgency in what the fuck happened with her. It's like, oh, she's, you know, f- had all the secret knowledge and she called her mom and then she just passed out for no reason. And then That mom know, phone uh, call was like the most creepy FaceTime exchange ever i don't know what that communicator is with like the holographic half a face but that was like some real hellraiser shit it was and then the the writing was bad from stem to stern so much of the dialogue was just poorly put together that you know even good actors would have had a difficult time delivering in a fashion that was believable and entertaining and you know you get this awful mess it was an awful mess that's what it was. And it was painful and infuriating to watch. And, and uh, I will take the I would take the worst episodes of Voyager over this. And I think what you said earlier is the reason why I also don't have a nostalgic or emotional attachment to Voyager. I watched it as my like third Star Trek show. You as know, your like, duty. You know, I liked some of it. I liked, you know, some of the show, but I was beyond the point where it was like really a part of my youth i was watching in high school and that sort of thing which is what made it which is what makes it a good thing for us to watch now because we can you can analyze it more critically than if we were watching tng like that's harder to do because you have a different feeling about it and um yeah like the bad episodes of voyager don't bother me this actually like finally got to me a little bit and i was just taking walking away gathering myself and be like, I can't believe I have to fucking finish watching this. I can't believe I can't just cancel CBS All Access right now and never think of this again. I think that at its core, they're trying to have some sort of a a mystery, right? This is a whodunit. This needs to be investigated. And I think taking this as a as a story of investigation and, and mystery, I would say that this is worse than anything that we ever saw in a Dixon Hill episode. You take the most corny, tropey <laughs> yeah. Dixon Hill shit possible, and it stands up better than what I'm seeing right now based on the acting, the dialogue, and some of the characters. Like, if if next episode is some wild plot turn and then everybody, like, freezes in place 
and Picard says, uh, computer halt program, uh, turn off holodeck. And we found out that all of this has just been a bullshit hollow novel. <laughs> it would, that would be the right way to redeem this thing to me. Uh, or alternatively, again, we could work in Q and just hand swipe this all away. The EMH specifically calls out that Picard is the uh, chief contact to the Q continuum. So that might be on the table. But uh, as it is right now, man, it's just. I feel like we're stuck in quicksand. I think the most damning thing I can say about it is that I enjoyed season two of Discovery more than I have enjoyed this thus far. The acting was better yeah. on Discovery, and some of the, and I consider the acting on Discovery to be some really bad acting, and um, I, it just I, felt more cohesive too compared to what we're yeah. seeing here. And part I mean, of me has to bad, wonder, but it, yeah, yeah. But, we always ugh. harp on the fact that uh, Voyagers are bottle episodes and there's no continuity. There's no building story. And that's explicitly what these have been is a very, very slow moving story with a lot of different pieces. And uh, I, I don't know if there's just a reason why Next Gen never did this kind of stuff. And it's because it doesn't work with these characters. It, that can't be the case i think it's just this is a bad this is bad dialogue these are bad story writing decisions and uh, i don't know man we've barely been able to turn this thing in an hour and usually we can talk forever about this stuff but it's 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 depressing in its own way like i i like you did not want to hate this i'm not the not my star trek kind of guy in fact, I don't really like people who resent change in general and these kinds of things. I think you need to embrace change if you want things to continue. Otherwise, they become stagnant and they end. So this is never my beef. Um, I I'm, I just don't know how they got it so wrong. Like, to, I, I, I just can't believe that there's nobody working on the show or around the show that understood why TNG is beloved and why it worked so that they could capture that essence with what they choose to move forward with. Like, did they really just not understand it that much? It seems so hard to believe. Like with all of the people paid all of the money that are involved with this, that nobody understood. Why do people love this? Why was this so beloved? And what do we need to do to ensure that this this next part of the story captures that spirit? Doesn't have to be the same thing. I don't want a fucking tidy forty four minute space adventure every week anymore. I get that that's not going to do it. I'm not looking you to looking for you to do it. But what I would expect is someone who gave enough of a fuck about Star Trek to know there's no fucking money. You know. Yeah. Like and and that's acting, the level we're at, and acting at or above a level expected by Nickelodeon. Yeah, like you know, if you ever heard of the Mendoza line, yeah. the Mendoza line is like a, a it's in baseball, and it was a it's notoriously average hitter, basically. And I, for Star Trek purposes, let's call it the Garrett Wang line. <laughs> if if you can't act above the Garrett Wang line. You don't fucking belong there, right? 
how how is it that at this point with this being the hail fucking mary of your franchise to save star trek on cbs all access you can't get people who can actually get above the goddamn Garrett Wang line. Did you see the article floating around that uh, Seth MacFarlane tried to buy Star Trek? Yeah, I heard like it basically it isn't him personally. It's it's NBC with the idea that he would take over the creative control of it because of he's he's now working with them on the Orville or something. I don't believe it, but go on. Well, you know, the 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 punchline to that is that the number they're asking for is very high right now. And it's because of high expectations for Picard. So I think uh, if our worst case, I think the best case, worst case is things continue the way they are. And somehow McFarland does come into some sort of control over it and dethrones Kurtzman and, and there's nowhere well, to I mean, go. That's but what's, that's what's ultimately necessary. Like, I don't know if the answer is Seth MacFarlane. I don't know if the answer is selling the property. I don't know if any of that's true. I'm not going to buy into it because it seems almost too perfect, right? Mm. Like the biggest Star Trek nerds making a Star Trek show that's not called Star Trek, you know, like buying Star Trek that that seems like something you make up on the Internet. But I hope it's true. But what is necessary is somebody with that level of appreciation and creative vision taking this shit over because it's clear that the creatives involved have no idea what they're doing. A foundational elements of the star Trek mythos were just openly violated in this episode with no explanation, no desire to explain it, no intention to explain it because they wanted to like, what make a point about wealth and privilege, I guess like, You've missed the entire point if that's what you're doing. And I was this was painful to watch and I'm ashamed it exists. And I am dead serious that if the next episode is not a marked improvement, I can't do it anymore. I can't watch something I love be so desecrated in front of me. I'm going to call it here, Joe, uh, for anybody who's playing at home on the Darius Vidra, please, Picard, bingo. We we were one score away from a bingo. We got the coming up with better plot, regret not watching Voyager, saying this is stupid, complaining about retcons, but unfortunately, there were no comparisons to the TNG porn parody in this episode of ours. So. <laughs> Damn it! I told my I told my wife like I was everybody in the in the porn parody is better. Well, you didn't get actors. it in time. I will not allow yeah. that entry after the yeah. buzzer. Uh, if you're out there and you've made it to the end of our uh, angry nerd ranting here, please join us on the Vidra Please Trauma Support Group on Facebook, where you can get uh, any of these bingo cards and and wallow in disappointment right alongside us. Uh, we are supposed to make it to the end of Picard. However, it may be a possibility that we will be reverting back to uh, doing our episode by episode reviews of voyager and if that's something you think you might be interested feel free to dig backwards in time into our expansive catalog i think we were somewhere in mid season three before we switched over to picard yeah yeah so End lots of, of good laughs three. there yeah. uh, it's a hard one joe i it's tough the universe is a vast void that cares not for your suffering and if there's any evidence of that, it's that the show exists and it's as bad as it is. That, that's a Thanks beautiful quote, Joe. Was that yeah. Werner Herzog? <laughs> Was that some <laughs> Werner Herzog Laffy Taffy jokes? 
the 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 universe is a cosmic void that eats your suffering joe this is what they're fucking leading in with this this is picard this is this is star trek's best you're telling me this is star trek's best meanwhile i sat there and watched the fucking mandalorian which had me wrapped around its pinky every fucking episode as they poured excellence into every hole in my face and then I turn around, and this is fucking Picard, man. I mean, <sighs> we have talked to death the need for creative vision and talent and all of that. But like Akiva Goldman and fucking Alex Kurtzman and their fucking homies are a cancer on everything they've touched for their entire fucking careers. And Star Trek is just the latest one of their victims. And. It's painful to say that this show needs to be an abject failure for Star Trek to have any future, but I think it's true. And that's the way it is. And, uh, well, I guess we'll see any next... shot in hell that Lower Decks is going to be good after seeing how things have been going here. Yeah, because no one gives a fuck. Like, the guy they gave that to? I mean, it's just a fucking filler thing, right? It's just like, oh, we want to fill out our, our use of the IP. Let's do an animated show. Who's funny? This guy's funny. Let's let him, him do it. That, and that's why it'll be good. Because no one will give a shit. And that means Until no one's going to interfere. Two, it'll blow up, and then they'll get their hooks in it, and we'll see what happens. Right. All right, man. Fuck it. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>